Are you ready to make a real difference in the world and especially to the people around you? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where we celebrate the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. We welcome you to another conversation that we believe will provide you with the insight and inspiration you need on your journey. Here's your host, Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin, and I want to welcome you to episode 127 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Hey, what a joy it is to have you join me today. And I just want to thank you for allowing me this privilege of us sharing this time together. So depending on when you listen, this could be one of the last podcasts you hear in 2019, or it could be one of the first podcasts you hear in 2020, or maybe you're listening long after the original release and you're wondering, what's this guy talking about? I don't even remember when the new year started. Hey, that's one more thing I love about podcasts, the long tail effect. So whenever you're listening, I believe the conversation that you are about to hear is truly fortuitous with the time you happen to be listening. And it's my belief and intention that this episode will inspire you and fill you with hope, encouragement, and inspiration because inspiration is what we're talking about. We're in for a treat today, and I say we, you and me, as we're exploring a topic that I believe is something you aspire to, to live an inspired life, to find and follow flow for your life. Joining us today is Debbie Lachusa, someone I met a few years back and then really deeply connected with just in the past couple of months. But We'll unpack that for you in the conversation. So let me just preface it with this. If something in you said, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be one of those woo-woo topics, please hold on. Don't tune out. Hold on. I believe you'll be pleasantly surprised with this conversation. Let's jump in. Well, hello, Debbie Lachusa, and thanks for joining me for this conversation on the Higher Purpose Podcast. I know this is one that promises to be interesting and inspiring on multiple levels and multiple reasons. Chief amongst that is we're talking about living an inspired life and your book and journey, The Following Inspiration Experiment. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, let me ground the conversation in gratitude before we get out of the gates, because once we get out, I'm not sure where we're going to go, and it's going to be good. But yeah, I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to connect, for you and I to connect with you listening, and to just have this inspirational exploration. So Debbie, what is something you're grateful for in this moment? Well, let's make it very precise to this moment. And that is being here on this podcast with you. And I have to tell you that the road getting here was completely inspired. And a funny story that you don't even know that I'm going to share with you is that a couple of months ago, I was in California with my parents. My father fell and broke his hip. And so I stepped out of my life for about a month. And I was on LinkedIn one morning and I saw your podcast. An episode was there and I went, hmm interesting, higher purpose. That sounds like that might be someplace I might like to be. 
but I wasn't doing business right then. And I also don't like proactively go after and hound people. I want you to interview you know, me on your podcast. And it isn't even something I've done in quite a few years. But the seed was planted. And over the next few weeks, as I think I told you last week, the best way to describe it is you were haunting my LinkedIn feed. <laughs> you kept showing up and I'm like, who is this guy? Because I hadn't really seen your stuff before. And come to find out, we've probably been connected there for several years. So it's just really funny that that seed was planted that I thought this would be a great podcast to talk about living inspired, but I didn't take any steps towards it. And mm -hmm. I just kept following what showed up, which was paying attention to what I saw you posting on LinkedIn. You posted a gratitude challenge. I was called to join that. I joined that, which was amazing. I joined another call with you where you said, let's get on and just chat one-on-one. -on -one. And my book just came up and we just got on this conversation. I sent you the book. And the next thing I know, you're inviting me to be on this podcast. So, and that's what happens. I always tell people when you get out of your own way and you stop trying to make things happen and go after and hardcore market and push and beat down doors and you just pay attention to what shows up, magic happens. You end up where you're supposed to be and people invite you to come and talk or whatever it is. I'm so grateful that I have learned to get out of my own way and just pay attention to what shows up and what's calling my heart because meeting people like you happens and getting on this call to talk about what we're going to talk about today happens, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay. So when Debbie and I, first started talking today before we'd hit record she said i have something to share that you don't even know i said don't tell me yet i want to hear it fresh on the conversation but i have to tell you you may see it you listening you can't see it because you're just listening to audio but as debbie was saying that i mean my eyes just welled up with tears this is remarkable this is amazing and this you may not even know what this is, but this is exactly what we are here to talk about today. This living an inspired life, following an inspired path. And if you're getting the least bit nervous right now, I just want to put you at ease. This is hopefully going to be the least airy fairy conversation you've ever heard about one of the most airy fairy topics on the planet following inspiration and living this way so right before we hit record i said debbie i want to say something to you and i hope you take it as a compliment the way it is meant and you like oh no i'm nervous what are you about to say and then that's exactly what i said right I love your book because it was the least airy fairy book on a topic that some people just, oh my gosh, it's so esoteric and it's so out there. And folks like you and me that may be a little more analytical in nature, we don't stand a chance at living an inspired life. So that's what this is. So Debbie, what kind of context do you want to share, background or context to just tee up this conversation? I would love to explain what I mean by following inspiration and the word inspiration specifically, because I think that's where people kind of go, Ooh, it's going to go out there. We're going to go into the woo woo. <laughs> it, I suppose it can be looked at that way, but the way I look at it and just to preface it by saying that the word inspiration was inspired 
it came to me as the best way to describe what we're going to talk about. And that is, there's a number of ways to describe it. So if you think about listening to that little voice in your head, it's always there. It tells you, oh, you shouldn't eat that, or maybe you should go here, or you shouldn't say that. That little voice, where is that coming from? You know, it's trusting your gut when you have a feeling about something. It's listening to your intuition. Some people call it intuition. It's a calling when you feel called to do something. So there's higher self, higher purpose, universe, God. There are so many labels that you can put on it. And for me, it's all about just doing what shows up in your life and not so for years and talk about analytical man, I was the epitome of type A perfectionist analytical. I used to do strategic planning, if that tells you anything. So very analytical. And I've stepped away from that and learned how to stop trying to plan every aspect of my life and my business and pay attention instead to the people and the events and the opportunities and the things in my LinkedIn feed and the ideas that show up, the little ahas, those light bulb ideas that you get out of nowhere. And you're like, where did that come from? I call that inspiration. Okay. So let me make a point on that. Since you bring up LinkedIn, I have been an avid LinkedIn user for years and I've done nothing different to show up in your feed. Let's just be clear about that, right? It's not somehow that, oh, I hacked the algorithm and I now know, but somehow whatever you want to call it, God, faith, the universe, drops me in your feed. And all of a sudden you said that you just start showing up in my feed. And the other thing you had been with your parents caring for your father for a month or so. And you're like, wow, a gratitude challenge is just exactly what I need at this moment to reconnect. Debbie, when I hear stuff like that, and not just when I hear, when I experience it, just like you're saying, we just experience these things and you're just like, okay, something is happening here. Just be smart enough to pay attention and just don't ignore those things and go, oh, that's just coincidence. That's just coincidence. Anyway, I didn't hack your algorithm somehow. I mean, it's not like I was smart enough to figure that out. It just, this confluence of events or this synchronicity. And that, you talk about that a lot in the book. Now, I want to give a little context for me before we get into this conversation and why I am so interested. It will soon be four years ago on a Sunday morning. I'll just say I was at a church service. And at the end of church, these four words, and they had nothing to do with what the minister said. Nothing. They had not been anywhere. And all of a sudden, I hear these four words drop in my head, heart, or wherever things drop when they drop out of nowhere, these inspired things. And it was these four words, more led, less driven. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is how I want to live. Because like you, I lived most of my life in a very driven and I remember taking that as a compliment a few years ago. Somebody said to me, oh my gosh, Kevin, you are one of the most driven people I know. I'm not even sure if they meant it as a compliment in that moment, Debbie, but I'm like, oh yes, I am. But for the past four years, and even longer than that, I guess four years intentionally with this focus of more led, less driven. Let me just follow the invitations that are showing up in life rather than trying to make it happen. 
Well, that's the background for me. Now, when I hear you talk about this, the other thing that's so fascinating to me in your book and what I know about you is you've embraced this notion for both personal life and business life, which is really exciting to me to kind of unpack and explore deeper today. So where does that take you? Where do you want to go with this at this point in the conversation? It's interesting listening to you talk about your story and where you came from, because I came from a very similar place. In fact, I ran a mastermind probably 10 years ago called the Mid-Year Make It Happen. Like that was my MO, make it happen and come hell or high water, this is what I'm going to make happen in my business. And what happened for me probably 15 years ago, I got really involved in the personal development field and was going to a lot of conferences. And I went to a conference called Warrior. And of course, that's all about making stuff happen and pushing through adversity. And I excelled at that. Of course, that's who I was. But about the same time, I kept bumping into walls in my business. And I felt like I wasn't getting where I thought I should be getting. I thought I should be more successful. I thought I should be making more money. I was working really, really hard. And I was just getting frustrated and burned out. And I had a bunch of things happen in my life that kind of really ultimately added up to a little breakdown where I was just like, everything got heavy and it just wasn't working. And I kind of just said, I got to find another way. I got to do something else. And so that kind of forced me to just say, you need to let go of this. And about that time, I went to another seminar called Wizard Training Camp, which was all about allowing. Mm. And we talk about the confluence of events and synchronicities. I went through that and I was like, this is really hard for me but this is exactly what I need to do. I need to let go, get out of my own way, stop working so hard and burning myself out and just pay attention to what shows up. So it sort of began out of frustration and burnout and it began as an experiment. That's why my book is called The Following Inspiration Experiment because I didn't know what was gonna happen. Here I was this set goals, make plans, work really hard, do everything everyone tells you to do, all the gurus and the coaches and the mentors. And I spent lots of money and lots of years and lots of time trying to find the golden ticket, if you will. And I still got frustrated. So it was just this, let me see what happens if I just let it all go and start doing what shows up. And I of course, I was nervous. You know, I had a business. I didn't know what was going to happen to my business. I started doing it kind of quietly, you know, under the radar for a while. I didn't talk about it a lot, but I was doing it in the background and amazing things started to happen. And I started getting clearer on what, like you, you know, that thought that dropped into your head about how you wanted to live your life and what you wanted to stand for. That started happening for me and it started looking very different than what I had been doing. And it was a 10-year experiment, and I will say it's still a practice every day to keep stepping forward really in faith that what needs to happen is going to happen, and you're going to end up where you're supposed to be, and you're going to be okay. So two things. One, I just want to call out. If you want to say something else about it, that's fine. But I just feel it's important to call out for some of you listening at this moment that you know the frustration the burnout, maybe even the feelings of failure and failing and that what I'm doing is not working. And maybe you're on what you felt was an inspired path, right? You're hitting these walls and these obstacles. So Debbie, you're no stranger to that. I mean, that's what kind of drew you into this was failure. 
So you'd been to a warrior workshop, which I really get. You know, if it's to be, it's up to me. Let me go in and get the mantras and make the plan and just get hyped up. I'm going to go do this. Do you remember the thought process when you were going to this wizard workshop? Was there some apprehension? Were you wondering how airy-fairy might this be or any of that? What was that like? You know, I don't know if there was apprehension. I think I was curious. I wasn't sure what to expect. But at the same time, there was a part of me that was really ready, I think, for that. Because this idea of allowing instead of pushing almost felt like a relief to me. And it was almost like, okay, if this can really work, that might be pretty sweet because I'm exhausted, you know, and I've been at the time, and I started my business in 1998. So this was in the early mid 2000s. So I'd been working hard for many, many years and had done well, but was just, I think you can probably relate to this. You work so hard and you get where you set that goal and you get where you thought you wanted to go. And it just always feels like there's something still missing. Like, why do I still not feel like I'm there? Why am I not satisfied? I had just experienced that too many times to keep banging my head against the wall. And I figured there's got to be another way. So I think I was open and ready. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward a long time and then we'll go back. But you talk about this as a 10 year experiment that still continues. And we'll unpack experiment in a moment because I love that word. But let me just ask Debbie, are you there today? I'm here. (laughs) What I've learned is there is no there. There really evokes the idea that there's someplace else I need to be, to be happy, to be successful, to be rich, plug in whatever adjective you want. But there implies that there's someplace else to be. And what I have learned is that the best place to be is right here, right now. And I think that's part of what allows you to really notice the inspiration when it shows up. So we joke about you, the algorithms or whatever happened that you showed up in my LinkedIn feed. But the reality of the situation is, is that probably I was just very present and your message was what I needed to see at that time. So I saw it. You may have been there before, but if I wasn't present or I was in another mindset or whatever, I may not have seen it. So one of the key things that I've learned is when you're here now and present, that's when you notice the inspired path the most and you pay attention to the ideas that drop in and they stick. Mm -hmm. Oh. What a lovely conversation. So, and I love it, you know, you had just said there, so I wanted to play with that. And I love it that you said there is no there. I think that maybe even for me as a reminder, but maybe for some of you listening, that's kind of like, that's a magnificent breakthrough. There is no there. And that is why my collaborator, Christy, when we created the community that you're part of, This Extraordinary Life, I was wanting to call it the extraordinary life is where I went at first. And Christy just gently pushed back and said, Kevin, I think it's this extraordinary life. Because even though that's subtle, the makes it sound like it's out there somewhere. It's still a quest and you're just not smart enough to have figured it out yet, or you haven't gotten there. You haven't arrived. So it's always out there where this extraordinary life just reminds it's here. It's here. So I love that. There is no there. There's only here. 
It's simple, but not always easy to practice. We forget. Our world, I think, and society has conditioned us to always be looking outside ourselves and looking to the future and looking to the next purchase or the next client or the whatever mm. for our happiness. And so I think it takes a lot of constant reminding. And that's why I say it was a 10-year experiment. And you know, there are still days where I catch myself. You fall back into those old habits easily. It's okay. You just pick yourself back up and remind yourself. Well, let me ask you that. So what is something that you see, feel, think, experience differently, and all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a minute, I've slipped back into the old way. I'm trying to control this now. What is something, and so I think the beauty of this is recognizing that sooner, mm -hmm. rather than getting lost into that for days, weeks, months, years, you go, oh, what? let me recenter. So what is something for you? I can tell you something that I'm working on right now. I am in the process and have been for a couple of months. It got interrupted when I had to go stay with my parents of updating, redoing my website and kind of not changing my positioning and my branding, but evolving it a little bit as I've done over the years. And I find it's happened with this a couple of times and it tends to happen in business stuff is I start almost like I get stuck and it's like, I'll rewrite something like three times and it just doesn't feel right. And I'm trying to make it happen. And then I have to get up and walk away from my computer and go, you're doing it again. You're trying to force it instead of just allowing it to come out. And if it's not flowing, the best thing to do is to get up and walk away and stop trying to do it right now because you fall back into that, make it happen, got to force it. Or what happens for me very often, because I'm, I'll say I'm a marketer. I almost like to say I'm a former marketer because that was my college education and my career and businesses were all in marketing. And I have so many voices in my head about what you should do to market that that's a, probably the place that I notice it the most because I've really tried to step away from a lot of that and allowed my messaging and things to be inspired instead of this is the way you market to persuade people to buy. <laughs> oh, Debbie, we've got to unpack a couple of things here. And there are two that I want to unpack. So help me if I don't come back to the marketing. I want to come back to that in the shoulds. But I want to first, I'm just going to, self-disclose, confess, whatever that is. Gosh, I wish we'd have talked two days ago. No, it's really great that we're talking now because I'm over it. But two days ago, I had fallen back into that. I am right now dealing with one of the most inspired concepts, notions, ideas I've ever had. But earlier this week, I was in that, oh, I've got this now. Let me make this happen mode right? And I was getting stuck. I was getting frustrated. And I know this idea started as incredibly inspired, but very subtly, I'd kind of like, oh yeah, thanks for the inspiration. I can handle this now. Ever happened to you? <laughs> um, once or twice. <laughs> Today. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. It's exactly what happens is that it starts as an inspired idea. You get this aha, this light bulb. Oh, I should do this. This is great. You know, this is perfect. And then you go into make it happen mode and you start doing all the things. I think a lot of times that you've been trained to do, whether it's by a coach or a mentor or a class you took or whatever. And it's not that that's bad information. You know, there's certain things you have to know how to do. But when you start feeling like you're forcing it and going into that place, yeah, it happens 
And again, it tends to happen in business more than it happens in life for me. But I also find that when I recognize that I'm doing that, like I did with the website the other day, I got up and I walked out of my office and said, you're not supposed to be doing this right now. You're getting in your own way. Hmm. And I came back the next day and hmm. what I was working on, I had clarity about what it should be and it just flowed. And so it is this sort of catch yourself. And so I would say, walk away, like stop. When you find yourself forcing, stop trying to do it. It's not the time to do it because what happens is you may get it done, but it's going to be harder. It's going to be frustrating. And ultimately it's probably not going to be as good as if you wait. Amen. Preach. I mean, that's what <laughs> you say. yes, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I hope you listening are enjoying this podcast. This is most helpful for me. So maybe this is just a session for Kevin today, but I think it's helpful for you as well. So Debbie, I mean, here's something. I think I'm just going to make a note and stick somewhere where I see it vividly, right above my computer screen, right? Because for me, I think what you just said something that ought to be one of the most obvious triggers is when I've adopted one of these two mindsets, either I'm going to make it happen or I've got to plow through this. I don't think I've ever come out of either of those modes with inspired work. And you know, the recipients of that work can tell the difference. And oh, this is going to sound a little... You feel bad. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> this is going to sound a little bit woo-woo and out there, but there is an energy in your work when you do it from an inspired place and it's flowing and you feel passionate about it and purpose. And it's just like the way I describe it, it's the way I write my books is they kind of come through me. Yeah. Yeah. And I write blog posts that way. There have been times and probably you've experienced this too, where you plow through and you just do it because it's on your calendar to get it done today. And they don't land the same way. I used to send out years ago, a newsletter every week. Yeah, yeah. And it was on my calendar on Wednesdays to write the newsletter. And this was before I was really in this inspired path. I mean, there's always been a hint of it in my life. As I look back, I can see when I was working inspired and when I was not, but this newsletter was every Wednesday, I write my newsletter. And it was the funniest thing because some days I'd be really inspired and I would get lots of replies back from people and it just really resonated whatever I wrote. And the weeks that I just plowed through and got it done to check it off the to-do list, crickets, you know, it's like, yeah. so there is a difference and it's a good reminder to just tell yourself plowing through isn't necessarily going to put my best work out there. Okay. So this is allowing us to go back to the should, the marketing, the things. It, Debbie, it is so amazing this week. In the last two weeks alone, I can't tell you how many people I've had deep conversations with where we've talked about and kind of been honest with one another about how many hours we spent and how many thousands of dollars we invested to learn something or a set of skills or whatever that is, things that don't serve us well on the road less traveled that we're now on, right? And so when we take all of that should stuff, what do we do with that? And how do you just kind of go, yeah, I still hear those voices about should, but how do I silence the shoulds? I guess that's the question I'd love to ask. How do you silence the shoulds? And do you have any insights on how some of other people may silence the shoulds? Like you and a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of you listening. I too spent many, many years and many, many dollars learning how to be successful, if you will, or that's what I thought I was learning how to do. And I think there are things that we've all learned that are practical tools that are helpful in our lives and our businesses that help us. But the reality for me is I think the stuff that doesn't resonate that for a long time felt like a should that I finally felt like this isn't me. This mm -hmm. doesn't feel like me. That's valuable to know that there's another way to do it. And then there's the way that I'm going to do it. So I think as much as you can sort of take what you've learned and take those, what you perceived as shoulds, you have to do it this way. If you want to be successful, you have to write copy this way. You have to set up a sales page this way, whatever it is, whatever. you have to create a program this way. I think if you can listen to that and take what works for you and realize there's no one way to do anything and you're going to do it your own way. You have your own voice, your own personality. You're going to do what feels right to you. So take what works set the other stuff aside and it's not a should it's a suggestion oh okay so there's something really valuable there is that a lot of us and maybe they were offered as shoulds rather than suggestions but a lot of us we have interpreted suggestions as shoulds and we've become confined to those because oh this is how i should do this to succeed, to have the impact I want to have, whatever that word is for you. I guess, and I think I heard you say this. I mean, just trust, get comfortable with the fact that you are an expert, especially about you. Well, and I think what it really boils down to, whether it's in your life or it's in your business, is that you are you and you have your own path. So, Years ago, and you've probably heard this too, you're taught to model the people that you want to be like, you know, that they're successful, model their success, and you'll have the same success as them. And I learned early on, no, <laughs> because that's their success and that's who they are and they're walking their path. And you have your own path to walk. And it really does come down to trust. And it comes down to having confidence in yourself and just almost an internal knowing that you're going to end up where you're supposed to end up. And it's one of the reasons I don't like goals because usually when we set goals, again, it's about there <laughs> and we've talked about there and it's either a success or a failure thing. You either hit the goal and you, woohoo, you celebrate I'm successful or you don't hit the goal and oh my God, I'm a failure. And the reality is we're all going to end up exactly where we're supposed to be if we pay attention to what speaks to us mm -hmm. and our path, whether it's our life or our business is not going to look like someone else's and it shouldn't right? because we all have a reason that we're here. We have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't know what that is right now, if we just trust what's showing up, I don't believe we find a purpose. So, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that will teach you how to go find your purpose. I'm an avid believer, and this is through experience and 10 years of experimentation, that when you are open and you allow yourself to step forward and do what shows up, that your purpose is revealed to you, mm -hmm. that it finds you. And so I think if you can just trust that, you don't need the shoulds. You don't need to feel like I have to do it that way because that's the way someone else did it. I'm going to do the way that feels good to me. And I'm going to trust that that's going to take me where I need to go. 
All right, so I'm having to just pause a moment and and just relish something as you're saying this. And when you were saying that, I can think of several things. The gratitude challenge that I host is one of these things, Debbie. And I've said this early on. It found me. I didn't find it. Just one morning, I woke up and there was just this idea. What if we did a gratitude challenge? So I called my friend Steve Foran, who was about to be a guest on the podcast about it. He'd written a book on gratitude. I said, you want to do a gratitude challenge together? And he goes, yeah, you know, and then I sit there and go, look at this now. Responding to that invitation to do a gratitude challenge is what allowed us to connect here or reconnect. I'm just like, wow, that's just beautiful to watch the waves and ripples of this. The subtitle of your book, you mentioned the word a couple of times. I want to talk about that. That is learning to let go and live in the flow. And I truly hope every one of you listening that there has been at least some moment in your life when you have experienced flow. Our hope, my hope, Debbie's hope is that all of us live in it more, right? So Debbie, what does flow feel like for you? There is a book on flow that a lot of people have read and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the author's name. (laughs) But most of us have experienced it, that this feeling of being in the zone, of life being easy, of not having to try so hard. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not working hard, but it doesn't feel effortful and difficult and challenging. It's peaceful. It's on purpose. It's just an ease that I almost have a hard time finding the words because it's just something that you feel and it feels very different than when you're working hard and trying to make things happen and it just isn't happening. Hmm. Well, and I'm even appreciative that it's a little difficult for you to articulate. I mean, that also kind of speaks of the word you've used already told me you may use a lot magical. That's part of the magic of it. It's also part of the mystery of it, right? It's not like, oh, well, here's the formula for flow. I'm sure there's somebody out there on the internet that has the formula for flow. And whether it's three, five, or seven steps, let Debbie and I just tell you this. Save your money. Don't buy that program. It won't work. Well, because the thing is, this whole idea of living inspired, working inspired, being in the flow, it's all about getting out of your head and into your heart. It's allowing yourself to do more of what, feels good and more of what you want to do and less of what you feel like you should do and out of the analytical mind and more into the creative and heart space. And when you open that up, that is what flow feels like. It's a feeling. So it's not a head analytical thing. Like you describe it or there's a way to get to it. It's just a way of being and allowing that's more of a feeling than anything. Okay. So Contrast for me, if you will, the difference between flow and drifting. Flow has intention behind it. So when I said I don't like goals, it doesn't mean that I drift through life aimless. I have intentions, you know, we all have intentions of what we would like. And so, like you had the idea drop into your head about the way you wanted to live your life. And that became an intention for how you were going to move forward and kind of almost a barometer when you're thinking about opportunities and things you should pursue, they kind of have to pass that litmus test, right? Otherwise you don't want to do them. They don't fit. So 
you have an intention and it doesn't have to be, it's not a measurable place you want to get in the future. It just is what you want your life or your business to look like, to feel like the way you want to live, the way you want to work. And so that really is what gives flow kind of a purpose. I don't want to say it gives it boundaries because there aren't boundaries to flow, but drifting to me is kind of lost. And there are times in my life and probably your life too, that I have felt lost mm -hmm. and not sure where I'm going or what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's a very different feeling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess the word's just important to me because I know so many people have or have had negative constraints put on drifting. And there are people that would say, well, to be in flow, it sounds like you're drifting. And it's not. You're not drifting. You are moving effortlessly. So, gosh, I've never said this, never even thought of it like this. You're moving effortlessly with an energy and with a direction and towards an intention where drifting is just moving effortlessly or sitting still effortlessly hoping to move if something comes along and blows you in the direction. So it's not drifting. Flow is a desired state for all of us to live in. Well, Debbie, what's some of the fruit of flow in your business? I'm not going to ask your life at the moment. In your business, what are some of the things you can look back and you now say, maybe you didn't know it when it was happening, but you go, wow, that was way better than anything I could have contrived on my own. I became an online teacher and completely transitioned my business from doing one-on-one -on -one sessions and consulting to an online recurring revenue business at exactly the time that that's what I needed because I needed a little more personal time in my life. And it showed up in my life and I stepped into it and it completely shifted everything to the point that it also allowed me a year and a half ago to leave the state and the city that I had spent my entire life in and move across country. And it didn't matter, I could do my work from anywhere. I mean, that was just a small thing that showed up and I stepped into it and it started with an email. It, well, it started with an intention mm. years ago, probably 2013, I think. I was like, something told me I want to teach. And the really funny thing is when I was in college, many, many years ago, <laughs> I wanted to be a teacher, but I did not pursue it because my dad was a teacher and we had a family of six. I always remembered at the end of the month, it was like, oh, we don't have any money right now. We have to wait till dad gets paid. You know, teachers don't get paid a lot of money. So I shelved that calling back when I was 20 years old to be a teacher and it circled back in 2013. And I said, that's really what I want to do, but I don't know how. Like, I don't want to go back to school to get a master's degree so I can teach in college. I definitely don't want to teach little kids. So I just really had no idea. And so I just let it go. I said, well, you know, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And I kid you not, within 30 days, an email landed in my inbox inviting me to join the faculty at Udemy. And that was at a time where they were recruiting instructors and I had never heard of it. Hmm. And I'm like, what is this Udemy thing? I didn't even know how to pronounce it. And I looked into it and I went, wow, that's really interesting because I could teach online, never even knew that existed. So then I'm like, well, what am I going to teach? Well, I guess I'll just teach what I've been doing with my clients. Mm. And so the course I created was exactly what I had been doing with my clients. And I made a decision. And this is something else that the shoulds versus 
I was always told when you teach something online, you always tell them, or when you share free information or low cost information, that you tell them the why, but you don't tell them the how, because then you want them to come to you and pay you the big bucks to tell you the how. And I went, phooey, I am going to put everything into this course. I'm giving them everything because that's what my heart was calling me to do. And I just trusted. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the rest is history because that was my flagship course. I have like 19,000 students right now in all 13 of my courses. And it completely changed my entire life and my entire business. Mm-hmm. And it was like stepping into a river and just flowing with it because everything that's happened since then. Have I worked hard to create courses? Yeah, I work. But there's an ease to it, a peace. And then knowing I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I could never have dreamed this up in my head 10 years ago on my own. Hmm. Okay. I want to unpack that just a moment, but I just have to pause here and say, okay, in all of my experience, I've only taken three courses on Udemy and they were all yours. And that is what led us to meet. And in one of those courses you said, or in each of them, you said, Hey, if you're on LinkedIn and want to connect, I'm open to connect, but tell me how we met. You'll realize you're not a weirdo or whatever. And so that's how we met three plus years ago. And then there were no conversations. And then just a few weeks ago, all of a sudden, I start showing up in your LinkedIn feed. I just love that, Debbie. As my fellow Living Inspired friends and I always say, you can't make this up. (laughs) You can't. No, you can't. I mean, it's just like, wow, folks. I mean, these are just little things that show this path, this example, how this works. It's not woo-woo. It's just everyday, ordinary life. And I would just like to add to that, that the courses you took had nothing to do with following inspiration. Oh, nothing, nothing. They were marketing courses because that's what I used to do. And they're still out there, but that's not what I do anymore. And that's not what we're talking about now. I mean, again, you can't make up that we met because I taught a marketing course and now I'm meeting you in person and well, virtually and all of your gratitude challenge people and your extraordinary life people who are so like-minded to where I am right now, which is not where I was when I created those courses. I mean, you can't make this up. (laughs) No, but what you were saying about the course, you can certainly just stop, look around and enjoy it and go, wow, I could have never orchestrated my way here. But look where I am. Look at what's happening. And isn't it lovely, right? Magical. Magical. Yeah, it's magical. It's magical. Thank you again. Thanks for joining. And you listening, I hope you are hearing things that are helping synapses connect or maybe igniting thoughts that you've just not allowed yourself to imagine before. And Debbie, for someone that's thinking right now, oh yeah, that works for Debbie, that works for Kevin, it could never work for me. And I know some of you are thinking that because I've sat there and I've thought that exact thought before. Speak to them just a moment. What would you say to them? Absolutely. So what I always tell people is if this sounds kind of, I don't know, I don't trust it. I don't think it will work. Try it for a day. Take a day. Maybe it's a Saturday where you don't have any plans because there's no risk here, right? So start doing it in your business. It might feel risky and oh my goodness, what's going to happen? So just take a day and vow to do whatever shows up. 
whatever you feel like doing, whatever shows up, just follow and see what happens and see how it feels because you will notice the difference. You will be telling yourself, wow, like I can't believe the amazing day I had or the person that I met or what happened. There's going to be something. And to me, start like that and just start in little ways. I didn't start in my business. I started in my life. Yeah. I started in inconsequential ways. You're inspired to go to a movie? Go to the movie. You're inspired to call a friend? Call the friend and just see where it leads because then you'll start to have a taste of it. And you might do that for weeks, months, years before you feel confident enough to start trying it in your business or in a relationship someplace where there's more risk involved. But you'll build up your trust muscle when you start letting go of, I have to do things this way, or I have to follow my to-do list or whatever it is that's guiding your life and just start allowing yourself to do what shows up. Let's talk about synchronicity a moment. What is that for folks that may be wondering, I've heard that, but what really is synchronicity? I love synchronicity. I don't know if anybody hasn't heard of the book, The Celestine Prophecy. It's an old one. I probably read it 25 years ago. And it's funny because it's all about synchronicity. And it really resonated with me and sat on my bookshelf for years before I realized that that's kind of what I was stepping into now. But synchronicity is this whole idea of meaningful coincidences. And it's almost the idea that it's not a coincidence, that it's meant to be. So I used to have one all the time. I have a twin sister. I would be thinking about her and the phone would ring and it would be her. I mean, that's a very simple synchronicity. But us meeting and having this conversation is synchronicity. It's a perfect, meaningful coincidence, something that just happens that you couldn't plan that feels absolutely right and amazing. Wow. I didn't know anything about you. Like I said, I took your courses, we had connected, and then all of a sudden you show up in the gratitude challenge and we just started having a little dialogue there. I'd comment on something you had written. And then all of a sudden there are other synchronicities you and I discover. We are about the same age in life at about the same phase in life. And then you post something about food allergies. And we've shared some of the same struggles with food allergy. And it's just like, wow, there's just too many synchronicities here for it to be purely accidental, right? Or coincidental. It's just like, wow. Well, and again, not to get out there in the airy fairy woo-woo land, but I mean, I've studied quantum physics and a lot of those things and we're all energy and like attracts like. So when you get out of the way and you start paying attention to what's being drawn to you, the people, the opportunities, what's showing up in your life, when you let yourself follow through on the ones that feel right, even if they're scary or they don't make sense to your head, but it's just like, there's something about that. It feels right. And trust that there's an energy there. There's a reason that you're being attracted to that. And to me, that is ultimately what synchronicity is. And it is one of the big ways that inspiration shows up. And it is, I think, one of the reasons that it's so magical. All right, true or false? Trick question. But once you begin following inspiration in life, everything in life is rosy and easy. I wish. Yeah. You know what? Life is life. We all have challenges. We all have things that happen that we maybe wish wouldn't have happened. So no, it doesn't make everything rosy and perfect. 
But what it does do is it allows you to experience life differently. So it allows you to be at peace because when you are present and you trust that everything is happening perfectly, which I believe it is when you follow inspiration, even when it's something that feels crappy, there are lessons in it. I mentioned having to go spend a month with my parents. My dad fell and broke his hip. Not a rosy situation by any means, but there were so many beautiful memories and things that happened while I spent a month there with my parents that I'm so grateful for that I just wouldn't trade the world for. So is it a good thing? No. But are there good things that come out of it when you choose to look at it as it is what it is? I'm going to accept it and I'm going to look for the gifts. Thank you for answering the question. Experiment. When you started this, did you at the time you started this know you were launching into an experiment or did you only start labeling it as an experiment after the fact? <laughs> Is that actually a funny story? When I started this, no, I didn't use that word experiment. I just said I was pushed up against the wall. I got to try something different. We're just going to do this and see what happens. So that word experiment wasn't there. The idea of experiment, I suppose, existed. No, when I sat down to write my book, it took me three times to write that book. It had been in my head for a couple of years. And I thought when I finally relocate across the country, I'm going to live on a mountaintop. It's going to be so inspiring. I'll be able to sit down and finally write this book. And I just struggled with it. I kept getting in my own way. And after the first two drafts just didn't feel right. And I was almost ready to hang it up and say, I guess I'm not supposed to write this book. I don't know if I was out walking my dogs one day or I was hiking or something. And the phrase, the following inspiration experiment dropped into my head. And I went, interesting. And I looked back and I went, oh, wow, this has been a 10-year journey. I didn't realize it had been 10 years. Mm. And I also realized that one of the reasons I was struggling with writing the book is I didn't want it to be about me. Mm. And I realized in that moment that that was the title of the book. That's exactly what the whole thing had been, was an experiment, that it had been a successful experiment. And dang it, the book had to be about me and my journey because that was what I was supposed to share. And when all of that came together, I literally sat down and wrote the book very quickly. It flowed out of me. So it was an after the fact label that was an inspired idea in and of itself. Beautiful. Interesting. I love so much of that, Debbie. Mm. So Debbie, this book is relatively new then? Mm -hmm. Yes. When yes. did it come out? I want to say July. Okay. And then the family thing happened. So is this the first podcast conversation you've had about the book? It is. Well, now I'm really excited and I'm really thrilled. And to me, that kind of goes back to the beginning where that makes this a little more special, a little more evidence of synchronicity that you didn't go out to search for. I do know this, Debbie. I get these all the time. Publicists or authors. I've written a book. As a matter of fact, somebody contacted me yesterday. I've written a book. Can I send you a copy and will you interview me? And I read the title, like, no, no thanks. It's not a fit for what I do. But rather than going out and hunting for conversations to talk about, it, this one found you. It did. And it's funny because I used to teach people that when you have content, a book or whatever, that here's how you go out and you find podcasts to be on and all this kind of stuff. But honestly, I've never done that myself. Yeah. I didn't even used to do it years ago. I've been fortunate enough that I've had people come to me always. 
But yes, in this case, this book felt very different. It felt like I need the marketing to be inspired. I don't even like to use the word marketing because I don't feel like that's what this is. I put it out there and I'm trusting that it's going to get in front of the people that it needs to and I'm going to have the conversations. And that's what's happened. I mean, that is literally what's happened is that it's sort of, well, it's been inspired. (laughs) So Debbie knows this because Debbie and I had this conversation. Debbie told me about this book, offered to send it to me. I said, I'd love to. I think I want to have a podcast conversation about it, but I've got to read it first. And you listening, you know this. And this is one of the reasons why sometimes it takes a little longer for conversations about books to happen. I have to read them first. And then when I read them, I have to believe that you too would be better off if you read this book. So I do want to recommend the following inspiration experiment as a book. What else is there that you want to say before we put a bow on today's conversation? I think just to not be afraid to try something different. So many of us, I know for me, the idea of goals and planning was ingrained in me from a very young age. I remember when I met my, who is now my husband, I was very young when I met him. And I remember my dad, when my husband came over, my dad says, what are his goals? You know, (laughs) I mean, that's how far back it goes for me. And so this might feel like a, just a completely foreign territory for you. If you're left brain analytical planner and all of that. But if you're feeling unsettled and you're feeling like, gosh, life feels hard, or I just feel like I'm never getting mine, I'm never getting, like everyone else is successful and it's never quite happening for me, or whatever doesn't feel peaceful and happy and like just to you, give it a try. I always tell people, if I can learn to do this and completely shift the way I live my life and run my business than anyone can, because I was the epitome of the planner and the control. Control was a big one for me. Try it on for size and see what happens. Cause I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm. Well, thank you, Debbie. And for people that want to get a copy of the book or want to connect with you, where do they go to do that? Probably my website, debbielachusa.com. The book is also on Amazon, so they can look it up there. Debbie, what a joy. Thanks so much for investing this time with us today. My pleasure. I love talking about this topic, so it's been a joy. Hey, Debbie, thanks again for joining me and sharing this deep, rich, lively conversation. And you listening, I am so curious to know what's lingering in your heart and mind as you've listened in. Seriously, you know, I aspire to live a more led, less driven life, to find and follow the flow of life, and to work on a day-by-day and moment-by-moment basis in flow. For years, I knew people who called this drifting. I don't think that way anymore, and I don't want you to either. I want you to live more led, or following inspiration, or whatever label that is for you. My hope is that in this next year, whenever this year is starting for you from the time you're listening, the next 12 months, and this next decade, whenever that decade starts for you, that you experience more flow in your life, your work, your creativity. See, I believe you have those inspired moments When let's just call them things, you know, air quotes around things, what others may call chance events, or when you create something in whatever your preferred medium of creativity is, 
For me, it's writing, speaking. For you, it may be pen and paper. It may be clay. It may be sculpture. Whatever that is, I believe you know when it is coming out of inspiration compared to those moments when it's coming out of perspiration. And you're just working hard to make it happen rather than allowing it to happen or emerge. And I believe you want to experience more flow. I know I do. So let me know what questions linger for you. Debbie and I right now are brainstorming an inspired living challenge that we may host together soon. So reach out to me about anything that's stirring in your heart or mind. From this or any other episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast, all you have to do is email me. Hopefully you know how to do that, but let me give it to you again. You can email me at Kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. You can call or text me 678-744-5111. So join me next week as we enter the decade of difference, if you're listening in real time, and enjoy a conversation unpacking that idea and inviting you into your decade of difference. So until we connect again, and I hope it's soon, I want to invite you to keep taking your next step on the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life, and encourage someone else to do the same. Happy New Year. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together.